Hello, welcome to Heather's podcast, the most imaginatively named podcast in the history of podcasts ever. So it's episode three, and today I want to talk about sleep. Sleep is really important in relation to fitness, I think. There's lots of studies that show that activity, physical activity, can have a really positive effect on getting to sleep and also the quality of your sleep. But from personal experience and just from people within my ecosystem, I think that when you get to a certain level of physical activity, and I'm talking a lot, so like people who train daily or twice a day, or people who teach group exercise classes and teach like multiple classes a week or even multiple classes a day and then also train. Um, Actually, an awful lot of us struggle with sleep struggle to get to sleep, stay asleep, um, struggle with feeling like we've had good quality sleep. So I think this is a really useful topic to think about. Um, and I want to break it down into two sections. So the first section, I want to be really brief, like five minutes, just some of the effects that lack of sleep could have. And then the second section, I want to go into some ideas I have, um, and some ideas I've tried and used to help with sleep problems, whether that be getting to sleep in the first place, staying asleep, um, or just general sleep quality. So, firstly, sleep. The negative effect of lack of sleep on the body. So, start off with just pointing out that I'm not talking about this is what happens if you get less than eight hours sleep a night, because I think for a while it's been long accepted that the old notion of you must have at least eight hours sleep a night um, has been pretty much disregarded. Some people certainly do. Some people need eight or nine hours sleep a night, um, but some people don't. Some people function really well on four or five hours sleep a night. That's going to depend a lot on your genetics. So I'm not saying these things will happen to you if you don't get eight or nine hours sleep a night. I'm saying these are some of the effects that can be seen if you don't get enough sleep for you personally on a regular basis. I'm also not saying that if you have like two or three nights bad sleep, these things will start to happen. I'm talking more if you regularly, regularly struggle to get enough sleep over long periods of time. So there are six sort of effects that I think that can happen if you um, don't get enough sleep on a regular basis. So effect number one, lack of energy. It's kind of a given. If you're tired, you're not going to have as much energy. If you don't have enough energy, you're likely to skip sessions, training sessions. Um, And if you do get to the gym, you're more likely to train with less intensity, which if that happens on a regular basis, you're going to struggle to see progression over time. Effect number two, your mood you're likely to be grumpy and moody if you're not getting enough sleep on a regular basis. Probably, again, really obvious, because that's normally the first sign that someone's tired when they're being a mardi ass. But if you are regularly feeling um, sort of grumpy and in a bad mood, again, you're more likely to skip training sessions. But you're also, again, 
more likely to not put as much effort in not want to be there and just feel lethargic and like I can't be asked with this and if that happens on a regular basis even if you're going to the gym your progression is likely to drop off reason number three your appetite can increase so there's evidence to show that your leptin levels can decrease if you don't get enough sleep so leptin is the hormone the chemical that tells your brain that you're satisfied so if those levels decrease it's harder for you to recognize when you've eaten enough if you are trying to lose weight if you're trying to lose fat the likelihood is, I hope, that you're on a calorie-controlled diet of some sort and you're trying to create calorie deficit. If your appetite increases because of lack of sleep, it's harder for you to stick to that because you're going to be hungry or you think you're hungry. Reason number four, kind of linked to that. Lack of sleep can also affect your cortisol levels. So that's the um, stress hormone effectively in your body stress can have stress in my view there's kind of two types of stress so there's one type of stress that we think about and that's the stress that we feel in relation to external things that are happening so if you've had a bad day at work or an argument with someone and you're stressed quite often you can go to the gym and you can have a really good workout and get it all out and then feel really good afterwards and be like oh yeah like you know exercise completely reduces stress which it does the stress I'm talking about here, the hormones, is, is from the hormones in your body. So as the cortisol levels increase, you're likely to feel more stressed. From, from my experience, that kind of stress is more likely to make you want to comfort eat and increase your appetite. Um and therefore, again, if you're on some kind of calorie-controlled diet and you're trying to hit a calorie deficit, that can make it a little bit harder for you because you want to comfort eat. And generally, when you want to comfort eat, you don't want to eat salad. You want to eat chocolate. Reason number five. Lack of sleep can affect recovery. So, the best time for your body to recover... The best time for muscle repair to happen um, and muscle, muscle growth is while you're sleeping. So if you're consistently not getting enough sleep, you're not letting your body repair itself from your previous training sessions from life. Which means that you're going to go into your next sessions, be that the next day or in the next couple of days, in less peak um, condition than if you'd had enough sleep. Reason number six, finally, and this is a bit of an extreme one. A severe lack of sleep on a regular basis has been shown to increase your risk of diseases such as heart disease um, or increase your risk of things like strokes. Now, that's pretty extreme, but it's just to point out that a regular severe lack of sleep can have a real negative effect on your health beyond what you maybe notice on a day-to-day -day basis. It can have a... Um, more of an effect on your longer term health so really brief but just like a little taster i guess 
of why getting enough sleep is so important to your health, but also to how your health links to your fitness goals, to your diet goals, generally to your health goals. Because a lot of the time when people say, um, you know, well, that's going to be bad for your health and it's going to increase your risk of X, Y, Z, you might think, yeah, well, you know, like that's a long way off or that's not likely to happen. But lack of sleep can actually generally affect your here and now um, training or your here and now diet and therefore your here and now results. And I think that probably has more of an effect on us in making us want to do something about it. But maybe that's just me. Maybe a lot of you are more responsible than I am. So anyway, now we've established that, part two, what I want to talk most about is some strategies on how you can sleep better. Because that's the goal. So first of all, I want to talk about getting to sleep in the first place. For me, that's sort of probably my biggest problem is actually getting to sleep. So getting into bed and not lying there for like an hour thinking, oh God, if I don't go to bed soon, I'm only going to get five hours sleep. Oh, now four hours sleep. You want to aim to be able to get into bed and fall asleep pretty quickly. So for me, the best way to do that has been to establish an evening routine, a bedtime routine. The bedtime routine can be pretty much anything you want. The point is, establishing a routine that you do every evening before you go to bed. So you start to tell yourself that it's time to start getting ready for bed. So your body starts to read the signals of what you're doing and it knows it's going to be going to bed in half an hour, in an hour. And it starts to get itself ready to sleep. So that by the time you get to sleep, you're ready to fall asleep. So personally, my bedtime routine would pretty much be have a hot drink. So something like, I'm trying green tea at the moment. And I'm not a massive fan of herbal teas in general. Um, Generally, I would quite like a hot chocolate. But generally, have a hot drink, have something warm, sit on the sofa, let myself relax. Then, go into the bathroom, clean my teeth. Then, get into bed, or get onto the bed, and do some light stretches. My lower back gets really tight. So I've kind of got myself a little lower back stretch routine that I can do on the bed lying down. Um, So it's quite relaxing, but equally feels quite good getting myself ready for bed. Because I do find when I'm lying in bed, my back can get quite tight. So doing that before bed makes me feel more comfortable. And then finally, um, I've got a little lavender um, pulse point roll. So I put that on my forehead, behind my ears, and on my wrists. And then I've got a pillow spray, and I pop some of that onto my pillows. And then I turn the lights off when I get into bed. So it's a really short routine, but I try and do that every night. And at first, it didn't really do very much. But over time, I started to find that by the time I got the pulse point on, I was pretty much ready to, as soon as I got into bed, start to fall asleep. 
And I think it's because, like I say, your brain starts to recognise the things that you're doing and associate them with going to sleep. So once you start doing them, it starts getting itself ready for sleep. So your routine could be absolutely anything. Um, You could incorporate yoga, you could incorporate reading, you could incorporate stretching um, a little bit more vigorously. Um, You could incorporate meditation. It could be an hour long, it could be 20 minutes long, it could be half an hour long. The point is, is that you just want it to be as regular as you can so that you can do it every night and your body starts to recognise that they're the signals to start getting ready to switch off and go to bed. If you're very busy, um, I would suggest personally trying to make it as short as possible. I quite frequently don't get in the house until say nine, ten o'clock at night. So that's why mine is very, very short. It can take like literally 15, 20 minutes in total. Because if I get in at 10 o'clock at night and need to do some kind of like hour and a half routine before I can get into bed, I'm just giving myself less time to sleep. Even if I'm in a better place when I get there. Um, so you can play around with it. But it's just establishing that routine to help yourself be ready to sleep by the time you get into bed. The second tip that kind of merges into that is not using um, electrical devices for about an hour before you go to bed if you can so electrical devices things with screens that are light because the lights on mobile phones um ipads things like that will um, stimulate your brain and stop you from switching off so you know you might want to go as far as turning the tv off an hour before you go to bed um but you might want to keep the TV on. But I would definitely go as far as to say, try not to use your mobile phone or an iPad um, for about an hour before you go to bed, a laptop screen, um, just to start to give your brain time to switch off and calm itself down before you try and fall asleep. Kindles, I think, the lights on Kindles, if you like reading before bed, um, are designed to not keep you awake in that kind of way. So I think if you want to read with a Kindle, I don't think that would have the same kind of effect. Tip number three for getting to sleep. Background noise. Now, this is either something that will work for you or won't. Um, And if it doesn't work for you, that's okay. But it does work for a lot of people. Some people find it a lot easier to fall asleep if you've got something in the background um, that you don't have to listen to or concentrate to, but that you can hear. Um, I think people who have grown up in very built-up noisy areas, probably, probably, this is probably more for you. I know I grew up next to a railway in a quite built-up area, so... I was obviously so used to um, trains going by that I didn't even notice the noise of the trains going by. So visitors used to come round 
and be like, oh, what was that noise? And we'd be like, what noise? And it was a train. But obviously you get used to that kind of background noise. Um, equally, from, you know, from leaving home and coming up to Manchester, I've then lived in a variety of incredibly busy areas. Um, I've lived next door to hospitals. I've lived in the city centre. Um, so there's always kind of been overnight ambulances going by and a lot of shouting um or basically a lot of background noise pretty much everywhere I've ever lived and then I came to my current flat which is still in a busy area but on a kind of quieter street so at night it's absolutely so peaceful um and I found it really hard to sleep for you know months because it was so quiet and that sounds really counter intuitive but because I've literally always lived places that are quite noisy you zone out the noise but the noise is there so if you go somewhere very very quiet actually you notice the quiet more than you'd notice the noise and so actually I found it harder to sleep in the quiet so what I did for a while was I had the TV on at night. Um, Now, again, I know I've said kind of try and turn the TV off before, but I kind of had the TV on not to watch it, but just on in the background, quite low, a TV programme I didn't want to watch, maybe a TV programme that I had watched before and so didn't need to concentrate on, but just for background noise to help me get to sleep. Um... So that might be something that works for you if you struggle to get to sleep, but you think that a little bit of background noise could help. You can put your TVs normally on a timer, so they turn off after a couple of hours. Um, Or you could try, and these days I suppose there are a lot more apps out there that you can use. You could try a sleep app, a meditation app, or even an audio book, and have that on in the background Um designed to just go on for maybe an hour, two hours, and then turn itself off to help you get to sleep with a little bit of background noise. Um, You can get things like white noise, which like hoovers and things like that. Find that a little bit odd. Um, That distracted me more, I think. I was more used to sort of hearing people talk and things like that. But again, it depends on what works for you. But that's another option for helping you get to sleep a little bit quicker. So then I want to move on to if you wake up um, in the middle of the night um, and you can't get back to sleep. Sometimes you wake up in the middle of the night, you just need to pee, you go to the toilet, you get back into bed, you can go back to sleep. Brilliant. Sometimes you wake up in the middle of the night and you really cannot get back to sleep. And then again, it becomes a little bit like when you're trying to get to sleep in the first place. And you're sitting there and you're like, oh, like, if I don't go to sleep now, I'm going to have to get up in an hour. Um, The best thing I've found to do, if you wake up in the middle of the night and you can't get back to sleep within, say, five, ten minutes, is to get up. Because you kind of get yourself into a really frustrated lying in bed, telling yourself how little sleep you're going to get if you don't go to sleep now. So I find it better to get up leave the room go into a different room try not to turn too many lights on 
because you don't want to completely rewake yourself. The purpose is to try and make yourself tired again to get back to sleep. So if you've got a lamp um, or a light setting that's quite dull, put that on so you can see, but it's still quite dark. Maybe make yourself a hot drink. Um, obviously not something with caffeine in. Um, and just sit. Have your hot drink. Chill. And see if you start to feel tired again. And then when you start to feel tired, try going back to bed. You might might want to try um, doing something to make yourself tired again. But if you're going to do that, I would suggest something not particularly mentally stimulating. So personally, I wouldn't put the TV on and I probably wouldn't try reading because you're trying to make yourself tired again. You're not trying to wake your brain up. Um, So if I'm going to try and do something while I'm up, I'll try and make it something a bit boring. So maybe some quiet cleaning um, that doesn't really require any thinking because the idea is to get yourself up and get yourself tired in again enough again to get back into bed what you might even want to try doing is repeating your bedtime routine but on a slightly more mini scale um to see if that can signal to your brain again that you need to go back to bed so you might if you've got a really long routine you might not want to do all of it but you might want to try sort of a little abridged version of it a couple of bits of it the last couple of bits of it just to see if you can trick your body back into wanting to go back to sleep get back into bed again if you still can't get back to sleep again I would just get back up again and keep on trying until you can eventually go back to sleep it might take you if you if you find you're waking up regularly in the middle of the night it might take you a few nights to kind of get your body into a habit of recognising that it's tired again and going back to sleep. Um, So it's kind of about repeating routines on a regular basis to start to see the effects rather than, you know, the first night that you do a bedtime routine or the first night you try getting up if you're struggling to sleep and it doesn't work giving up on it um, because it's about getting your body into habits and your mind into habits Um, and obviously that takes time and it takes repetition the other thing that works I think I say really well but I think is important to note um, both about getting to sleep in the first place and then also about waking up in the middle of the night is that you really ideally want to try and get into some kind of sleep regular sleep cycle because and I'm guilty of this um, and I'm trying to work on it because I know that it's probably one of the biggest problems um, the one of the biggest reasons I have problems sleeping sometimes is I tend to wake up when I need to wake up so on the mornings I teach at 7am I will wake up at 5 but if I don't have to be in work until 9 I won't wake up till 7 um, and on um, Sundays, for example, and I don't really have to normally get up for much at all, I can sleep until 10, 11 o'clock in the morning. So 
my body doesn't really have a regular wake up time because it doesn't really have a regular wake up time it doesn't really respond particularly well to having a regular go to bed time so like on a for example on a Sunday so I'm recording this today I got up at 11 but I'm going to try and go to bed at around about nine o'clock except on the other days I go to bed at nine o'clock I've got up at five um so today I've been up for less time I'm still going to try to go to bed at the same time but obviously my body probably isn't going to be as tired at nine o'clock because I didn't get up till 11. So it's going to be harder for me to switch off and go to bed because I'm not going to feel as tired as I normally do if I got up at five. So if you can get into a habit of getting up at roughly the same time every day, regardless of whether you need to or not, your body will find it easier to get into a rhythm where it also goes to bed at a set time every day um you're going to feel equally as tired to want to go to bed at that time so as much as you can have routines where you tell yourself it's time to go to bed um and routines to get yourself back to sleep if you wake up the fact of the matter is is that if you're tired enough to want to go to bed when it's bedtime um and then sleep through you're probably going to have less of an issue anyway And one of the key ways that you can um, want to go to bed at a certain time and be tired enough to go to sleep is to have got up early enough for that to feel like your natural bedtime. So if you can go to bed at roughly the same time every night and get up at roughly the same time every morning, you'll probably find it a lot easier to get to sleep and then stay asleep. Um, going to bed at the same time every night may maybe not be possible because there might always be some nights where, especially if you teach group X, um, there'll always be some nights where you have to get in later because you've been teaching, for example. Um, or if you work shifts. Um, but if you can roughly get up, go to bed at about the same time, that's going to help. And we probably all have control over what time we get up realistically because on the days you could lie in, you just choose not to. And then if you want to have a nap in the middle of the day, do you know what? If you need to have a nap, you need to have a nap. Um, But that routine could well help both with getting to sleep and staying asleep. And then finally, I want to talk about sleep quality. Um... One strategy that I've been working on that I found quite useful on how well I sleep. So I actually have been using a sleep app. Um, it's free. There is, a, there is a paid version, but there's also a free version called Sleep Cycle. Um, but you could equally use a pen and paper for this. So for a month, I recorded... my day, some key indicators about my day, and then how how well I slept. So when I say key indicators, um, I made a note of um, the last time I drank coffee or caffeine, um, the time of day I exercised, or if I had exercised that day, um, how I felt, you know, how stressed I'd been, um, or how relaxed I'd been, um, 
whether I was on my period or not, my mood, just general, you know, any anything that I thought was noteworthy. The time I ate, that was another thing. Um, that day, the last time I ate, not obviously every time I ate. Um, so how how soon I ate before bed. And then in the morning, I kind of made a note of how well I slept. So, you know, did I find it hard to go to sleep in the evening? Um, did I wake up in the middle of the night? Um, how did I feel when I woke up in the morning? Did I feel tired? Did I feel... Um, energized and I did that for about a month and I kind of looked for patterns and in that you can establish little trends so for example caffeine doesn't really affect how well I sleep so if I have coffee just before bed it doesn't seem to have an awfully big effect on um, how well I sleep or how hard I find it to get to sleep but exercise does and on the evenings, I teach in the evening or train in the evening. Um, I tend to get to sleep quite quickly, but I don't tend to have a particularly restful night's sleep and I wake up quite a lot. Um, eating late, eating big meals late, does affect my getting to sleep. Um, stress, stress definitely, definitely affects how easily I find it to get to sleep. Um my period, actually being on my period, um, affects how well I manage to sleep and how often I wake up in the middle of the night. So I just made a lot of, I like, I noticed a few trends and I noticed a few things that, um, if I try and avoid, I have a better night's sleep. So therefore I know what I can do to improve my sleep quality just by, by, monitoring my own sleep for a few weeks I know a few little things that if I can avoid having a massive meal like an hour before I sleep I'll have a better night's sleep um if I can avoid um I'm sorry I can't I can't avoid teaching some nights before work before bed and because I teach at that time um but I obviously know that I have to factor that in, that I might have a broken night's sleep. Um, I do ideally try not to train in the evening, though, if I don't have to, as in if I'm not teaching. Going to the gym in the evening isn't necessarily the best thing for me in terms of getting a decent night's sleep. So if I can try and train earlier in the day, that's better for me. So if you can monitor, whether that be using an app on your phone or um, just a pen and paper... If you can monitor all the sort of things that you do on a daily basis and how they affect how you sleep each day for four or five weeks, you might be able to start to see some trends of things that either help you sleep or don't help you sleep. And then you can work out ways that you can possibly adjust what you do of an evening to help you sleep better so then maybe that means eating earlier maybe that means stopping drinking caffeine earlier maybe that means adjusting the time of day you train wherever possible um you know maybe that means trying to reduce your stress levels um there are things that you're going to be able to change there are things that you're not going to be in control of and you can't change 
that's okay. But any little adjustments you can make that are in your control, that might well help you sleep better. So just over half an hour, so I'm going to cut it off there. But hopefully the things I would like you to have taken away from this podcast. One, I'm not telling you how much sleep you need. The amount of sleep you get on a regular basis and feel good with is probably the amount of sleep you need. Two, if you are getting less than that on a regular basis, the chances are it's going to affect how you feel in general and also possibly your training and your diet. So if that is you, you want to try and take some steps to improve that situation. If you are struggling to get to sleep in the first place, try a bedtime routine. Make your own one up, play around with it. There's no right or wrong, but get yourself into a habit where your body knows it's time to go to bed. If you are waking up in the middle of the night, instead of lying in bed trying to count sheep and stressing about it, get yourself up, try and get yourself a mini version of your bedtime routine to get yourself tired again before you go back to bed. And that will hopefully help you sleep a little bit quicker. If you want to improve your quality of sleep, try tracking your habits versus how you feel in the morning through about 30 days. And then see if you can find any little trends that give you an idea of the kind of indicators, the kind of factors that affect your sleep negatively and then try and work out any ways that you might be able to change those in order to improve your quality of sleep. And that is it in a nutshell. Um, I would love to hear any feedback on this podcast. I hope you find it's, have found it helpful. Um, but any feedback at all, any ideas, any comments, um, any experiences, I would um, welcome hearing about them. So um, without further ado, I'm going to say thank you for listening and have a great week. Bye.